You are listening to Fast Growth Funding, the podcast all about helping you demystify the world of AI investments. Sponsored by EAG Ventures, where entrepreneurs help entrepreneurs. This show is all about helping give as much value as possible to investors and entrepreneurs alike. So if you like what you hear, please do subscribe to the show and share this episode with your network to help us reach more people just like you. Thanks again. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Fast Growth Funding. I'm joined by Guy Riemann, who's co-founder of EHG Ventures, and Neil Vos. Guys, how's it going? All good, Ivan. Hi, Amy. Hi, Neil. <laughs> Hi, Guy. Very excited to get started with you guys. This is the first kind of uh, inaugural episode of Fast Growth Funding. We're kicking things off. This is going to be a bit of a trailer episode. We're just going to give listeners a bit of a history of EHE, where it all came from, why we are doing what we're doing now, which is entering this kind of fast growth funding world. A little bit of insight into the new fund that EHE Ventures is is launching, just to give them a, a little taster of what's coming up on, on the season and what people can expect. So before we jump in, before we kick things off with some fantastic episodes that we've got planned, Guy, do you want to just give us a bit of a history like in three to five minutes, a quick history of, of EHE, where it all came from and, and how this began in the first place. Yeah, sure. So this will be the uh, the speed dating version, right, Evans? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So actually, my business partner and I, so a guy called Gary Fletcher, successful guy from the leisure industry, built companies like Forest Holidays, Way Resorts, and has got several kind of exits behind him. You know, I've known him for probably... 15, 17 years, something like that. But we were in, this sounds like a bit of a name drop, but it's not a promise. We were in Toronto. We'd been on this course and the following day we'd arranged to go for a walk. Gary's a fitness fanatic. So of course it wasn't just a walk. It was like 15 miles or something <laughs> uh, ridiculous. And it was it was snowing, so it was cold as well. And anyway, so we were walking along and he kind of came, you know, he said, look, I'm thinking of setting up a private equity company, but I want to do something that's a little bit different. You know, he felt that the the balance was always in the favor of the investors as opposed to the entrepreneurs, because investors kind of do this kind of stuff for a living. They do it day in, day out. They know how to play the game, whereas in, entrepreneurs typically might do it once or twice in their lifetime and therefore are nowhere near as experienced, then, you know, don't get me wrong, there are really good investors out there, but equally, like in any industry, there are not so good ones. And, you know, people do have really bad experiences. So we wanted to make sure that, or he was suggesting a way that we could build a company that was really transparent and where all our interests were aligned. And we kind of spoke about how we could do that. So we set up what we thought was going to be a private equity company, there was a chap, you know, a good friend to, to both of us called Carl Castledean. So it was his creative brain that came up with the EHE name and EHE stands for Entrepreneurs Help Entrepreneurs. And, you know, that's the, the basis of the company that we set up. We want to bring in a whole group of successful entrepreneurs or operators that have been involved in successful entrepreneurial endeavors. So, you know, we, we fully understand the mindset. Everybody that works for EHG fully understands the mindset of an entrepreneur. And the idea being then that we would put our own money in and then we would sit on the boards and help these companies kind of grow. So we very quickly realized that wasn't scalable. Our funds weren't as scalable as we thought they would have been. Our time certainly wasn't as scalable. 
So we had to come up with a way of scaling things. So we we started to build a, out a, a platform, which is, you can find at eag.ai. You know, it's really quite simple at this stage. You know, entrepreneurs who are looking for funding can submit their answer a few questions, submit the pitch deck. People who know what they're talking about will be able to do that in 10 to 15 minutes. It's really quick. And then, you know, the EHG team, and there's a mix of financial experts in the team, exited entrepreneurs, you know, there's some corporate experience in the team, there's marketing experience in the team, and there's actually a new member of the team specializes in, in, in fund development. And, you know, the various people will look at the, the pitch decks and feedback to the entrepreneurs about how they can improve effectively what is their shop window to increase the chances of getting investment. The ones that we really like and the ones that, you know, people, where people, the entrepreneurs are listening and doing as we suggest, then we take a closer look at and we kind of then agree to work with them on a more formal basis. And then, you know, we actually then go out to our investors. And currently we've got about 250 uh, on the platform. Plus we've got an extended network outside of that as well. And we try and find uh, investment for the companies that, you know, have kind of come to our, come to our process. So that's where we are at the moment. Now, the, the, the issue that we kind of faced when we did that, like all kind of startups, which we, we still are really, you know, we're a startup ourselves. We, we got all the way through that process. And because we've got so many investors on the platform, it was impossible to know them all in detail. So when they received an email from us to say, look, we found this really great company, take a look. If it's something that you think you could be interested in investing in, then get in touch and we'll send you some more information. But we were just another email in their inbox of thousands of emails that they get, probably every month, some of them. We had to think of something different. So where we are now is that we are raising a fund. Now, we have a startup specialist company within the group now called the Startup Factory. They have a tech team, very talented tech team. And you know they work with tech product startups that at the blue sky thinking kind of stage and work with them to build out the first version of their software, usually up to a kind of MVP level, minimum viable product kind of level. That gives us, you know, a high degree of tech capability. And we're working with quite a number of AI companies as we speak in helping them build their products. Uh, and then, you know, as they come through the, the sausage machine, so to speak, there's a lot more to it than that. But as they come through, as this is a speed dating version, you know, they may require further funding. Might be seed plus, might be early series A, which is when where EHE Ventures and the fund that we're currently raising will come in and become the lead investor. And the hope is then that's the final piece of the jigsaw, really. We will be the lead investor on these really cool companies and we'll put them in front of our investment community and, you know, other investors as, as informed investors themselves will come in and support us to raise the funds we need to allow those companies to flourish. Brilliant. Thank you, Kai. That, that was a, you, that's a masterful job. You blitzed through that. Thank you. We will talk a little bit about the fund just a little bit later in this episode, but this kind of does reflect quite nicely what was happening with the content that EHE was creating as well. I mean, season one of the podcast was very much about helping entrepreneurs get to that phase of fast growth. So the, the show itself was called Fast Growth Stories, talking about how entrepreneurs can build their businesses, get set up for due diligence, all, all the things that they need to do in order to get to that fast growth phase. We're kind of taking a little bit of a different turn here with season two of the show and calling it Fast Growth Funding to match up with these goals, right? To match up with the idea that, you know, we are building a fund now. There is an opportunity now to help 
not just entrepreneurs get ready for investment, but to also demystify the world of AI investment in itself and to help investors kind of paint a very clear roadmap as to what needs to happen in order for them to find and vet the right companies to back, but also to kind of give them a clear and kind of simplified version of what can be quite a complicated and, and messy world of AI investments. Neil, do you want to just talk us a little bit about why we're, we're focusing so much on AI and why we're so passionate about AI growth and AI-driven businesses? Yeah, yeah, thanks, Ivan. Well, listen, I don't think, unless someone's been living in a cave for the last three months in particular, most people have noticed a lot of the, a lot of hype, which is the right word, hype in inverted commas, a lot of discussion, theorizing around the future of AI, which has come out of you know, Bletchley Park, you know, people playing around with ChatGPT and Bard themselves. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's actually really, it's a really exciting time to be both a, an AI entrepreneur and an investor in the space. Because I think we're all quite clear that this is here to stay. It's not a fad. It's going to have a massive impact on lives, on businesses and new business models. So I think it also requires a bit of circumspection, actually, in terms of backing the right AI winners. When we've got any new technical phase or opportunity, there's a lot of excitement and there's probably a lot of overvaluation. And one of the benefits of, of our fund is going to be marrying the ability to have a quite a narrow focus on AI, AI applications within traditional businesses rather than just pure play AI. If you marry that with the technical DD and software development company, which we have within the group, Startup Factory, which Guy mentioned, Plus our operational experience, I think we've got a nice package there to be able to provide, you know, quite a reasonable and pragmatic assessment of how we identify those AI winners. So I think broadly, we're very excited about the technology. We're very excited about the, the data intensive industries that AI technology can provide real value to education, healthcare, manufacturing being obvious ones. Frankly, a lot of, particularly within the venture capital space, backing the right idea is often dependent on backing the right people and the visions of the entrepreneurs. AI is obviously attracting all the smart data science people, all the smart go-to-market folk. And, you know, frankly, I think we all want to work within marketplaces whereby we're surrounding ourselves with the real next generation yeah. of the savvy and smart entrepreneurs. There obviously seems to be a huge appetite for AI investments as well. I mean, if you just look at the stats and sort of 500 billion pounds of the UK's investing in AI startups in 2023, which is, which is wild. Having said that though, I mean, you know, one of the things that came up when we were planning this, this episode and planning this, this season of, of the show is that the idea that AI really is not just a, not, it's not a silver bullet for success. Like just because you have AI in, in your organization or you, you slap it onto a, a, a business does not make that business investable or make it all of a sudden highly valuable. Do you want to just give us, uh, maybe Guy or, or Neil, a bit of an insight into you know, why that's the case? Like, wh what are some of the challenges that investors, or especially new investors, are facing when it comes to looking at AI companies to back now? Whenever a new technology comes along, there's quite often big hype about it. We've seen it recently with crypto, we've seen it with NFTs, all that kind of stuff. And the inclination is investors to put huge sums of money into some of these companies and massively, in my opinion, over inflated valuations because it's new, it's cool. They think there's money to be had. And, and the reality is that after the initial excitement, there's a, you know, it, it kind of falls through the floor and people lose a lot of money and then it kind of normalizes, right? So 
you know, the, the, there's always value in the technology. It's just it needs to find its level. So after the crash, then typically it will begin to grow slower, but find its level. And then people are working out how to generate value out of it as opposed to just hype. So investors have to be really switched on from a, a technical point of view nowadays, in, in my opinion, which is why, you know, having this, the startup battery in, in what they do and in particular having the, 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 the engineers and the architects within the startup battery is so important to, to us in understanding what represents a sort of genuine technology play as opposed to just technology for the sake of it. And I think AI is no difference. The difference with AI is, however, in my opinion, that there's going to be no massive drop. AI is already embedded in our lives. You know, what people don't realize, because ChatGPT November last year began to make AI famous, right? But AI has been around for about 45 years. The, The reason it's suddenly come to fruition is that the convergence of various technologies has enabled AI to become commercially viable. And then on top of that, there are companies like OpenAI with Sam Altman, who's just come back as CEO again, where you know they have recognized that and are, are doing a lot of research and development and building a lot of capability into products now that allow the commercialization of AI. So you know, investors, what they've got to do really is sort out the weeks and the chat because there's a lot of companies out there, in my opinion, that claim to have AI and don't. So you need to understand whether it's real or whether it's just vaporware or, you know, it's just workflow that people claim is AI. There's different levels, right? And they also, you know, I think there's also lots of AI out there that's AI for AI's sake as opposed to something that, you know, is going to change the way that something's done for the better, make it more efficient generally. So again, you've got to have that capability to sort out the wheat from the chaff. So as always, when we look at investments, it's always the team we look at first. What's the background? Are they real? As in, do they have that, that kind of experience that they claim to have? As a startup, you know, do you have a plan to hire a team around you to support you? If you do, who is that team? What do they look like? It's all about the team. You can have the best idea in the world as always, but if you don't have the team to deliver it, it will never happen, right? So we start the team and there's a certain amount of technical due diligence done within that in itself because the people have to have the skills that they claim to have to be able to do what they claim they want to do, what the vision is. And then then you have to have the ability when there's a POC available or maybe a, an MVP, minimal viable product or a proof of concept available, you have to have um, the technical capability to look under the hood. Has it been well engineered? Is it well architected? Is it a thing? You know, is it, are people just talking about it, but it really isn't anything special? So, you know, having that internal technical capability is really important. The final point I want to make, and then I'll bring Neil in, is that I think investors also have to have futurists in their midst. So people who are looking ahead and understand where technology is going, what's coming around the corner. So that again, you can see whether the company that you're thinking of investing in, not only does it have a team capable of delivering the technology, not only does it have a proof of concept or a minimum viable product that is technically well-engineered, well-architected, but they also understand where technology is going and how they are going to use the changes in technology because it's moving at the fastest pace it's ever moved and that's accelerating at the moment. So, you know, what is relevant this year will probably be out of date next year. So, you know, how are you dealing with that? Do you have a strategy to deal with that kind of thing? So, 
you know, there's an awful lot to think about because it's really fast moving at the moment. And I believe that, you know, EAT has a team to deal with all of those kind of issues and as well as building an AI fund where we can begin to identify the companies that we want to invest in. Brilliant. That kind of sums up what we want to be doing on the show as well with this season. Neil, do you want to just give listeners a bit of an understanding of what they can expect from this season of Fast Growth Funding? In fact, well, we're recording another episode quite soon, I think, Ivan, and we're talking about some of those terms, some of the jargon that we've called it within both AI and VC. So I think it's really important that we have you know, full transparency and full understanding around some of the key areas, particularly when we're looking to assess AI opportunities, as Guy mentioned. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about some of the more deep tech elements of due diligence. So how we work in close collaboration with the guys at Startup Factory. And what is our process for looking at the viability of a technical opportunity and the realism of a technical roadmap? Yeah, we're going to hear from the, the CTO of Startup Factory as well in an episode coming up, Alexa, where he's going to talk about the technical due diligence and you know what people need to understand about when it comes to vetting a company from a technical point of view as well. So you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming up. We're going to hear from some practical examples as well of, of tech startups who have you know, started from the ground up and managed to secure investment. We're going to hear from the likes of Peppercorn AI and their story and their roadmap to kind of invest it in to secure investment and what they've done since. So hopefully it'll be full of, as you said, Neil, some jargon busting, some some clarifying of the technical kind of elements of AI investment, but also some practical examples of companies who are in this space doing it now, doing it currently and, and, and getting success as well to give people a bit of an example of what good looks like, hopefully. And Ivan, can I, I mean, this might be one of your questions, so I hope I'm not kind of uh, jumping the gun here, but one other really important thing that we're going to be looking at in a future podcast, literally we had a, an email from um, Keegan Caldwell uh, yesterday who runs the sort of the fastest growing IP company in the US and actually fastest, I think a couple of years ago, was the fastest law firm full stop in terms of growth in the US. Now, he's a genuine entrepreneur that I've known for probably 12, 18 months now, had the opportunity to go and meet him in Boston at their offices. And I'm working with him and his team with three of the companies that I'm working with at the moment, one of my own companies and two of the companies that I'm advising and have invested in personally. And it's all about protecting your IP. You know, one of the things that really can make a significant difference to attaining investment is having a defined uh, IP strategy. Not many startups have that. So all the people that we work with and all the high growth organizations we work with, uh, unless you've got an IP strategy, we won't put them in front of our investors because it can make such a significant difference. Imagine if you can, if you've got an, a, a strategy that right from the outset begins to protect the part that you're playing in. And, you know, when you go for your first, second round of investment, you include the money in there to extend that on, on an ongoing basis uh, until you've got to a point where you've planted so many pain landmines around your process and the technologies you're using that it's really, really difficult for people to come in and do what you're doing without infringing your, your IP. So that, that in itself does two things. One, it stops people doing that. And the ones that do do it will have to pay a license fee to you to do it. So it opens up a new revenue channel. So I think having, I don't want to over speak on, on this subject in this, 
in this podcast, but Keegan will go into way more detail with way more authority than I have in this subject. And it's a really important subject area. You know, for me, it's the new gold rush. Every company should be looking at how they can protect their IP. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's going to be a great episode. We're really excited. I mean, imagine it's such a tricky landscape with AI and tech as well, when things can be replicated so quickly. How does sort of safe shore your ideas and, and your projects and your, and your uh, products? So that's going to be a great conversation. Really looking forward to having that that and, and much more as well. As you said, the, the, the fundamental kind of intention of, of this season is to help demystify AI investment. And that's from all angles, you know, talking about from due diligence to IP to seeing what it takes to create a, an investable company, to talking about communities and ecosystems. I know we're going to be speaking with Gordon Bateman coming up as well from Investor Letter. So there's a whole bunch to talk about. And I think we should stop talking and just like show our listeners what we've got in store for them. Just before we wrap up, though, is there any kind of final words that you guys want to leave us on before we get stuck into fast growth funding? Just keep listening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Download, subscribe. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, the episodes that we've got planned, we, we, we make a point of not trying to sell our services. This is for information. I'm hoping that people will learn a huge amount from an investment point of view and from an investor point of view about what's required. And as you articulate at the, the, the start of this conversation, Ivan, you know, our first series was all about founders and people who have kind of been there, done it and built companies and exited and some amazing stories. This episode's all about investment and investors, and it's a whole new audience, although I do think it'll be of interest to founders and entrepreneurs as well, because they will learn about what investors are looking for. So yeah, so lots to look forward to, and some really cool people that you've you know called out some of them already that we're, we're going to be talking to. Yeah, it's going to be good fun. I, I, I do believe the, the more that these two sides, the, the kind of investor and the entrepreneurs, the more that they can better understand each other and how they think and, and what's involved in both of their worlds, I think the better off everyone's going to be. So this is kind of the second part of that. And hopefully any investor, any entrepreneur listening is going to get a lot of value from understanding the mindsets of investors and how that that, whole, that landscape uh, works as well. So enough talking from me. Thanks so much, guys. And we will see you soon for episode two. Thanks again for listening to Fast Growth Funding. Don't forget to subscribe for instant access to new episodes and follow EHE Ventures on LinkedIn for regular insights and updates on the world of AI investments. If you are interested in learning more about EHE Ventures or the AI Early Stage Growth Fund, then let's chat. Just click the link in the show notes below, head over to our landing page, register interest, and we will spark up a whole conversation with you. Speak soon.